This is episode 479 for November 2017, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And that opening song is called Save It For Later, and that's what I've been doing with this podcast. That song's by the English Beat, by the way. And you uh, heard that song in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, where Aunt May and Peter are trying to tie a tie, etc., and Peter met uh, Liz's dad. Save it for later. Yes, this podcast was recorded back uh, in early September. Since then, the website crashed. I had to move hosting. I had to move the uh, the website from Alpha Flights territory up in Canada to all the way down to Texas, where my friend George and Zach live. So the crawlspace lives in Texas now on a new uh, web host, Host Winds. I'm going to recommend them, and I'm not going to recommend my hosting. Man, I really thought the crawlspace was gone. The uh, just the traffic uh, could not keep up with my old uh, host, so I moved to someone more reliable. And so far, the site is uh, working well. We've also uh, got a new message board. Uh, we've upgraded that. Also, the uh, hosting is a little bit more is a little faster and a little bit more reliable. And the way I was able to upgrade is by the support from you guys that listen to us, and specifically the Patreon members. So I want to give some uh, personal thank yous to Brian, Craig, Christopher, Andrew, John, Stephen, Michael, Federico, Stuart, Ricky, Michael, Daryl, Justin, and Spider-Gwen for helping make the bills not hurt so bad to transfer the site, upgrade the message board, and get a new host. So thank you to all those people that did just that. So I appreciate that. If you'd like to also join Patreon and help us, log on to our front page at spidermancrawlspace.com, look on the right-hand side, and you'll see a PayPal pot, and you'll also see how you can become a Patreon member. And also at the bottom of every news article, you can see that too. Also, swing on over and check out our new message board. It's got a new layer of paint. It's a little bit more easy to read. You can. It's also mobile-friendly. You can read the message board a lot easier on your phone. So, speaking of the message board, we uh, this is a Q&A episode where uh, we answer your dozens of questions and answers that you had for the spider panel. So without further ado, I'm not going to save it for later anymore. Here is this episode that's been in the can for a while. Enjoy. Hey, Crawl Spacers. Time to answer your dozens of message board questions that you uh, uh, posted on our board. But by the way, um, we haven't had any new iTunes reviews since I think like April. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't uh, gone on to YouTube, I mean, I'm sorry, if you haven't gone on to iTunes, uh, write us a review. We, we'll read it on the air. We uh, always like to see those and hear what you guys think. When was the last time you checked the international stuff? I haven't checked the international stuff in a long time, so or months. So maybe we have international reviews. But the United States uh, listeners, we haven't had a uh, iTunes review since April. Oh, we got that YouTube comment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what oh yeah, that's right. We did badass action white meat. What happened? Yeah. White meat girl. What did what? what refresh. <laughs> really? 
You're the one that that posted it in the in, the, in our Facebook page, Brad. <laughs> so, so, so this rando dude decides to sit there and see, he, see, he sees a female on YouTube talking about Spider Man, oh. and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh hey, he, how he, you, he, he's like, how you yes. doing, dude? Yes, Ashley is engaged, mm-hmm. so please, gentlemen. Yes, <laughs> be, also, be gentlemen, be gentlemen. Yeah. Also, if you're trying to make any sort of overture toward a lady, maybe not calling her badass, sexy action, white meat. Badass action, good. <laughs> yeah. White meat is a what the heck? Yeah, that's right. I I do remember that comment. That was what was it? White meat for days. White. <laughs> okay, enough, enough. Uh, we're moving on to message board questions. The first one is from Mast Guy. Location we ah yes. we don't know. Uh, hey guys and girl, this is my first time getting to ask a question on the podcast, so I'll try to make it a memorable one. Since all of you except Ashley, because she's still relatively relatively a new reader. Our diehards fans who have been reading the character for most of your lives, I propose a fun and unique challenge for you. Name your 10 favorite Spider-Man stories by decade. I made this topic into wow. a thread on the message board. We're not going to do 10. We'll do we'll be one. Here till Sorry, like dawn God. if we go through yeah, that. Yeah, we'll um, be here till dawn. Yeah, so not enough time in existence. Everybody name one, yeah. and I'll go around the horn. What's your favorite story from the 60s, George? From the 60s? Probably the master planner thing with Doc Ock. Yeah, the first one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so sorry. Uh, amazing uh, 14 for me, Doc Ock. <laughs> oh, my That's- God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's coming again. Hold on. One more. Okay, new button. This is, this is compelling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, will, will the will the sneeze come out? Everybody, cover your cover your YouTube's. Okay, I, I I ate the third one. Uh, that sounds gross. Okay, uh, ASM fourteen for me. Uh, the Hulk versus Spidey for the first time. Loved mm-hmm. it. Uh, Mike, best story um, of the 60s. Well, George kind of mentioned mentioned the one I was going to go for, but um, if if this be my destiny, but a runner up would probably be um was Amazing Spider Man twenty five, where he actually fought where J, mm-hmm. captured by J Jonah Jameson. To me, that was just, I mean, not that it's anything great. It's just me. I that kind of brought a smile to my face. And it was actually when I read, when I went, read that, it was like, yeah, I thought it was whole, it was probably one of the most hilarious ones that Stanley did with that whole thing. It was great. You, YouTubers, thank you for blessing me from around the world. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach, you're, oh, Zach's not there. Uh, I'm here. Hang on just a second. Zach- <laughs> I'm, getting visual, I'm getting visual aids. Oh, no. no. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got a, he's, of his picks. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my pick is very simple. From the 60s? From the 60s. Okay. It's going to be from the Ramita Visionaries book. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a That's great a story. One. Yeah. That, okay, mean, favorite stories. Oh, Ashley, favorite sixty story. You don't know. I don't know. If I'm ready. Ready. Fantasy fifteen. How about that? The first appearance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Seventies favorite story. I'll go in kind of the same order. George. Uh, Death of Gwen Stacy. Same. Yeah. Goblin Gwen Stacy. Mike. Hmm. Yeah, same same thing there. I know what Zach's going to say already. I already know Zach's <laughs> answer. One forty nine. Just pull it out. Yep, right there. Yep, yep, I, yep. I know you too well. Yeah. Ashley, uh, any seventies story? Not Black Cat eighties or seventies? She was seventy. As eighties. No, I think she was seventy nine. Was it seventy nine? Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. It was Wolfman. Yeah. So, Ashley, does that work? We're That sounds like a winner. Okay. All right. 80s. Go around the horn, George. Uh, collectively, the Hobgoblin uh, saga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike? Yeah. the coolest thing. Nothing stops the juggernaut. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Uh, best, fight Zach, scene, best fight scene of all time. There, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, two fifty-two. Mm. Ama- yep. Amazing two forty-eight. Back up the kid who collected Spider-Man. Yeah, I still think of that story, and it was just a short story. I I don't mm. know if it's better than the Hobgoblin, but oh, and Craven's Last Hunt. How can we forget that? Oh man! Oh yeah! yeah. How can we forget Craven's Last Hunt or Fire Lord, as Michael Reed said. Oh, so much good. <laughs> Ashley, uh, is there an eighties story that you like? I like the black cat and the foreigner, them teaming up against Oh, yeah, Spider-Man. Speck. Yeah, that was good. There's some cheese in there. Okay, 90s, George. <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be, that, that web um, fight that we had on Fight Club you liked, that was 90s. Yeah, that was a fun issue, but, I mean, it's yeah. not like – I, 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 I've been listening like game changing things, you know, like, yeah. like defining things. For, for the 90s, it was all bullshit and crap. There's nothing for me to pick out of the '90s. Mike, '90s. I've got, I've got something. Um, okay, uh, there's. I've got a tie between two. Uh, one is, um, and they're both deaf related, actually. One is the gift, which is Amazing Spider-Man 400. Mm. Uh, yeah. With the death of Aunt May, uh, which sadly they undid. Um, the other thing was, um, and also the Harry Osborne um, Spectacular Spider-Man 200. That whole that whole um, arc that he had yeah, there. Right. I'll amend yeah. mine to agree with McNulty. On uh, the anime mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Yeah. Zach? Yeah. Now, I'm going to not do Clone Saga because that's what everybody expects me to do, and I already did it for the 70s. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I really loved Hobgoblin the, Lives. The Hobgoblin Lives. Oh, yeah. Uh, miniseries. That may have been one of the best miniseries of the entire decade for me. I keep thinking that was really in like the early 2000s, but I would, yeah, but that's like late 90s. Yeah, 97. Ron mm-hmm. Friends on artwork. Roger Stone on 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 the writing, uh, writing the writing the script. It was just r- incredibly well done, and I like Goblins at the Gate, despite the fact that we did got the letdown of, um, the whoever the, the fifth Green Goblin was. All right, Ashley, favorite book of the nineties. I'm gonna cheat a little bit, which I think I'm entitled to since I'm yeah. just reading two thousands and on. Yeah, the Amazing Adventures of Spider Man, the ride. Oh, the uh, ride. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. That's, that's cool. It was made in the 90s. Yeah. That's, pretty that's like getting somebody lady shoes on the Christmas episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I'll do something someone hasn't said, which is the introduction of Mayday Parker in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was really good. Okay, 2000s. Uh, George. Uh, 2000s, what was that, ASM 51? Which one was the one where Mary Jane came back and it was Dr. Doom in the airport? That, that, was, that, was, AS, that would be 50. 50 yeah. Was it 50? Yeah. Volume yeah. 250. Yeah, that's, that would be my favorite because that, that was when suddenly it was like you knew JMS understood the marriage and understood mm-hmm. how important Mary Jane's place was in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And apparently was the only person at Marvel Comics who understood that. <laughs> Mike, 2000s. Uh, to have and to hold, which was a sensational Spider-Man annual written by Matt Fraction, which is probably, uh, even though it was taking place through That's the whole Civil one. War thing, but it had that great, you know, the whole with the mixtape involving Peter and Mary Jane. I thought that was, it was cute. It was a very, you know, 
cute little love story thing. Yeah. Zach, two thousands. Mm, I'm gonna go with a brand new day story. Remarkably okay. enough, the Flash Thompson issue. Oh, oh that was yeah, good. where that he was lost good. his legs. I I like the uh, the Civil War Spider Man Kingpin beatdown. I back love in black. that was back in black where he's beating the Kingpin down. Oh, he's in the prison. Allow yeah, to, that was great. Mm-hmm. Allow me to amend mine because Uh-oh. there is one issue that I should I would be remiss not to mention. Friendly neighborhood twenty three. Yep. Where's this Zach particular helping, issue? Zach help inspire, right? Yep. Yep. This very show. The crawl space helped that issue get made. Ashley, two thousands favorite book. Um, I would say the Peter Parker Spectacular Spider Man Bath and Black, where um it shows how Felicia's trying to help out Peter <laughs> during that whole that I whole. see a recurring theme with you, Ashley. <laughs> you mean oh. you, you mean you mean sensational? It was sensational. It was sensational. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, Hornacek says that F and Spider-Man. Yep, I love that. That was yep. a great last issue of the book. Last panel of the book. Uh, mm-hmm. 2010s, George. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> no, he's got nothing. That one story stood out that you were like, oh, yeah, they nailed it. Not anything that's like like a game-changing, defining thing. Uh, the, the, everything from, from really, really everything from like 2007 on has been complete crap. Uh, written by people who don't really understand the character. So, no, there's goose egg for me. Mike? Well, I kind of cheating a little bit. It's um, the first half of uh, No One Dies, with the, the, the um, not the one with Devolving massac- uh, Massacre, but where Peter has the dream about where he of all the people died, the one that fight. Um, where Marla Jameson just randomly decides to say, I invented Spider Slayers. Yeah. yeah, something like that. No, but Ooh. the one where he, yeah, the one where it starts off, it's like silent panel, and it's like it's more like to do the Marcos Martinez artwork than anything. Yeah, else. Lord yeah. Lord President has a cheat. I like it on the YouTube chat. Spider Man Shattered Dimensions, the video game. That's a cheat. I like that. That's that oh, yeah. a good video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah but who wrote that? Um, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By default, I'm I'm, I'm not going to go. Well, with it doesn't show. Renew He's your uh, renew your vows. Renew your vows. Yeah. Good. Yeah, but it's not really game changing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just a, it's an it's acknowledgement that uh, that the fan base still wants something back that Marvel's uh, you know mm-hmm. not willing to let go back because they just frankly know better and we can all screw ourselves. Zach, Zach, favorite book of twenty tens? Twenty tens. Mike, what I, was yours again? What was Mike's real quick? Um, was the well, why was the um the the first for the first half of uh no one dies? Not the not the because it was okay. a, actually a two parter, but it was actually the first. Okay. Part of it. Mm-hmm. Zach? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm trying to think back. I really did enjoy the Fantastic Four um, series that Mike Ringo did that had the, the Impossible Man. It's a mini, it, was a mini, it was one of the very rarely, rare good miniseries from that era. 2010s? Mm-hmm. I thought he'd passed away by then. No, wait. Was there another one? With, there was also the uh, Rhino ones, too. Hmm. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll tell you my. I'll tell you mine. Yeah. Twenty tens. Uh, the torch, torch song issue, where where yeah. Peter is kind of reflecting upon Johnny's <clears throat> death. Mm. And if we're going outside of Amazing Spider-Man, the uh, there was the FF issue, the Future Foundation issue that had I think it was like eighteen, where it was basically Johnny and and Peter centric. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Where they become roommates. Oh, Lord President Spec Spidey was in this decade. I think. Oh, not twenty tens though. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it was uh, the Spec, Spec Spidey cartoon was uh, 2008, 2009. Okay. Yeah. Ashley, favorite 2010 book? Spider-Man Noir. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Um, 2010. Mm, Brad. I, I get... I. I don't want to say superior. I mean, because of the ending. Um, yeah, that ending was crap. Yeah. The, what about the, the, you got the Rage of the Rhino or Endangered Species. Was that in 2010? Yeah, but didn't do it for me. Okay. Um, Not Shed. It was right before Crap. <laughs> Not Shed. <laughs> Not Shed. <laughs> Not shed. <laughs> you know, oh, oh I, I just said it. Yeah. I, I liked uh, Bendis' Death of Spider-Man. Where he's oh, looking at yeah, Miles. Okay. I, I mean, that's that's I like that. But that's kind of a game changer too. I mean, Bagley came yeah. back and teamed up with Bendis. I, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And the Miles interacting with Aunt May and stuff like that. I did like that. Yeah. Okay, we went around the horn, answered that huge first question. We did it in all of forty minutes. I don't know how much ever that was. Uh, yeah. So, she, so imagine if we had gone ten each. Come on. Each, oh my each, gosh. Yeah. yeah. She's, we, now we should reply on the message board to that thread, but yeah. now he's in our chat. Yeah. The guy's in our YouTube chat. Oh, he is. He is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. Hi, yeah, mask guy. What's up, mask guy? Uh, Cheese Dick, uh, North Hollywood, California. Assume the recent rumors are true and Slot is winding down his run on Amazing. What author would you most like to see take over the title, whether a current Marvel or any other working comics writer? Peter David's going to need work like to after see uh, Ben Riley's canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I, I, would like to see, I would like to see Tom DeFalco get one last crack mm-hmm. because I, I've reread a lot of his, his nine, second nineties run when he came on after, after the clone saga ended uh, with amazing. He was still on, it was on amazing during the clone saga, but like uh, post clone saga and it was okay, but it really was, it was kind of just there. The other, the other books were a lot better books. Spectacular was a better book. I liked sensational. I know George hated that Stegron story, but I actually liked that Stegron story. Um, uh, that they did with in the Savage Land, uh, I liked. Uh, I liked the crime, gritty, J.R. Junior. Uh, Howard Mackey run on that particular book. I'd like to see Tom come in and do another, another crack at Spider Man. Maybe even Ron Friends drawing it because those two are like a symbiotic relationship at this point. Um, I I would like a writer we've never heard of. Yeah, who has a uh, some independent work that I've never heard of that's acclaimed that we like. And how knows how to tell a story with a beginning, middle, and an end, and mm-hmm. has characters that move naturally within the story, and makes us root for the hero and not the villain. I I think mm-hmm. it needs to be somebody that understands. But I'd like to see Jeff Johns per- personally. Right. I would like a, a person like Jeff Johns, who's a huge fan, that has has as much history of the character that we do. Someone who's not going to turn it into his own fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, someone who actually gets point. the character and understands the universe and how how stuff should be, rather than how they want it to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I agree with Brad. I'd like to see somebody some new take. But if we're going with oh previous or established writers, I mean, you can't go wrong with Peter David. Whoever it is, well, is I like to get. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, in the, similar to Brad's point, I would like to see like a uh, writer on there who hasn't done Spider-Man before. 
like or somebody but somebody who has actually has some experience in in the comic book writing in, in the comic book writing genre and stuff but and i'm trying to struggle like who would that trying to think in that mind like who would that would be like if you try somebody who's right now is like <clears throat> like trying to think of somebody who worked for like a dc or image or something and they come over to and they work on amazing um lord, scott snyder lord president yeah, yeah scott snyder would yeah. Be, it could be interesting Lord President um, said Tom King would be interesting since he's killing it on Batman right now. I like his Batman. I think it's solid. Um, I think Tom King is actually pretty is was good on Vision. He's really good on Mister on Mister Miracle. If you picked up uh, the issue number one of that, um, you know it's it's actually pretty good. Um, one person that I think is really, really good deserves a second crack at it because he never. I loved his run on it, but he never got a chance to write Peter hardly at all. Is Dan Jurgens? Mm-hmm. I'd really yeah. like to see Dan yeah. Jerkins write yeah. Spider-Man. He, think, he's returned to Superman. He might as well come back to Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, he's yeah. really killed Michael Reed says, so Brad wants Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, um, names aren't my strong point, but the writers of the Overwatch comics are doing a pretty killer job. There. That's one guy. It's uh, just oh, one guy. Yeah, Michael, and I can't remember his last name now. Well, I, I like Michael. what he's doing. Uh, he can tell a story, tell events without resorting to gimmicks. Um, mm-hmm. Can, you know, explore these characters without um, without anything else really getting in the way. I like the kind of stories that they're able to tell. So Somebody wrote George R.R. George R. R. Martin. The, oh, he's never come out. out. <laughs> it would never come out. He's too busy trying to, trying to untie the Marines not to get involved with Spider-Man at this point. Oh, here's, no. a, here's a question. <laughs> the, I think the last time a, a writer came on that really hasn't proven himself and, and got mm-hmm. it when he was a young kid was Jerry Conway. Yeah. Do, you, do you think Amazing is a book that you have to, to earn within Marvel? Or do you I think a person can just come out and just hop in there? Yeah, me, I think I think so because any kind of A list titles these days, you're going to have to have somebody with some pedigree on it. And, you know, to, somebody, to, somebody who's actually you got to have a name, sell it. Yeah, yeah, somebody who has actually done some. And usually nowadays, it seems like you have to have some independent work that can actually get some kind of a notice, and That's then they kind of going to be able to sell the book. Yeah, George, you were yeah. shaking your head. You think? What were you saying? No, no, it should be it should be earned. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, you should you should have to have some sort of uh, yeah, it should definitely be earned. You should have I mean, a body of work you can point to. You yeah. can't just get an internship on false pretenses and then land the title. Oh no! It's funny because it's true. Yeah. Anybody in the uh, YouTube chat have any Ooh. aloe vera left from Ashley's burn session going on? Uh, she Ooh. is she is shooting bullets of truth this out there, man. Girl is on fire. Okay, uh, <laughs> so never do that again, Brad. Ever. Okay. Well, or sing happy birthday again with all of us. <laughs> different delays. We sound like we sound like a bunch of one at a time from now on. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we need considerably more TNR. alcohol that. TNR 105 from location, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, to the gang, has anyone seen the new Marvel cartoon? Yep, we talked about it in the last episode. What's the verdict? Mm-hmm. It's funny that Josh Keaton is now playing Norman. I'd love to hear you get him back on the show and talk about it. Josh Keaton and is a very cool dude, and him and I actually talked cars on Facebook the other day. I thought that was kind oh, of funny. We were, talking, we were talking about Mini Coopers. He was buying a car, a new car, and... Um, I he when I, we did that episode, he had a Mini Cooper with Spider Man on the hood. I'm like, what happened yes. to your Mini? And um, he goes, oh, I sold it a few years ago. I'm like, my wife has a Mini Cooper. And he was like, dude, 
uh, they drink oil. Yeah, so that's because yeah. I asked him. We yeah. had him. On, we had yeah. him on my show on my site, and that was I asked him about it. And he goes, literally, he's like, yeah. I went through two engines and it was done. Exactly, he said that too. <laughs> Just a cool dude. I mean, even if you don't like the cartoon, he's a solid dude. I like Mike, uh, Josh Keaton. I was almost said Michael Keaton. Uh, <laughs> uh, Extreme Spider from New York City Prime. Uh, with Ike uh, Perlmutter Mutter out of the equation. Perlmutter. Yeah, that's Perlmutter. Out of the equation, yeah. do some, to some promotion mumbo-jumbo, and DC essentially uh, curb-stomping Marvel right now. Are the odds Marvel will get its shit together, higher or lower, or the same? The same? Meaning, no, that's not going to happen? Uh, Ike Perlmutter... Ike Perlmutter is one of the biggest shareholders of Disney stock mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. The other being the, jo- the Jobs family. Yeah. There is no way until he's out the door with a, in a box that he's going to be leaving yeah. Marvel. And yeah, real quick, if you're talking about if you're talking about like the film, if you're talking about just a comics, yeah, it's I think it's going to be, you know, right now there yeah. definitely needs to be some kind of structure things. If you're talking about the films, they're still yeah. doing like gangbusters. Marvel TV, the like the Netflix stuff, um well these last couple too, I mean Iron Fist well, say no more with that. Uh, Defenders was all right, and so, but I mean, but then they got, of course, they got that deal now where they're trying to do like a whole it, exclusive thing with the Disney streaming thing. About that, yeah, yeah. But mm. um, trying to, they want to try to go exclusive. That I'm not really? sure how. Quick, extreme spider. Uh, if you read the very first topic on that on the board, I said one question only, so that's why I'm not going to answer your other two or three that you had. Mm. Same for Anime Hunter has about four questions actually. Uh, pick one. Oh gosh. Okay. Anime Hunter. Which one are you guys on the board? Which one do you like of those four? Uh, let's see here. We've got, uh, I think the number two one several times too. We kind of talked about, right. Um, Peter dating mockingbird. Would he be cheating on her since he's dating Rebecca London over in the book? Has there been an issue you currently reread and find enjoyable? Or if you sell it over tomorrow, right? We've answered that question in the past. I'm sorry. Anime Hunter. That's Muhammad. So the, the 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 fourth question I know we've answered in the past. Maybe Ashley did you stand that? Let's talk about uh, Peter and Mockingbird. Do you like that shipping? Um, no, I don't it's, mind. It's kind of go ahead. It it just doesn't feel natural. It's like it doesn't ring true to me. Like like there's nothing that they have in common. Like the the Ms. And, and the difference between like that and Ms. Marvel is that they actually played on the awkwardness with Ms. Marvel. This is just like, oh yeah, we're we're totally dating. And I'm see, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. See, this is what I find ironic about this whole thing because I remember years ago, while while back, um, I don't know. There was some. There was the question was asked about when the, so when the whole Spider-Man Ms. Marvel thing was going on with the with Peter Parker and Carol Danvers. It's like, well, when are you going to allow? A Spider-Man to kind of date, you go out with uh, superheroes, like you know, get a girl, you know, basically have like a, you know, superhero as a girlfriend thing. And the respawn response was that, well, we can't have somebody that's a big name like Spider-Man dating one, dating another uh, female superhero because that would diminish the female superhero stature in comparison to him, because Spider-Man would just basically overshadow out of them and stuff like that, you know. And, the and it takes away from the everyman character. Character, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I believe there. I believe, which is funny because in in practice, everyone yeah. else overshadows overshadows Spider Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Including yeah. people in spider vehicles sliding <laughs> on the side of buildings. Yeah, but They're yeah. So, and, like, 
And interestingly enough, I think the person who actually said that was one of the was the current writer on Amazing Spider-Man. It was thing, and now here we are, and then with with Blackingbird now. Although Travis technically broke the precedent with Silk, so did they just like date, well, though really, or did they just you know bump uglies? Yeah, they just humped, man. Yeah, they I get, mean that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say- I am yeah. an avid shipper. Like to this day, I still spend way too much time reading fan fiction, mm-hmm. which I'm not proud of, but I will admit. And you review it every month here at uh, Crossbase. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I read shipping Shot fan fired. fiction. Shipping of and, who? And you know, focusing exclusively on the relationship, and you know, just that kind of fandom garbage. This does nothing for me. I'm normally the one who's like, "Oh, yay, ship." Mm. But no, it's so bland. I'm just like no one. No one cares. There's nothing in this. There's there's been no there's been no build up to this relationship. That and we already know where it's going to go. Yeah, and I think it's kind of weird that the fact that he's dating basically Hawkeye's ex wife. Yeah. So it's just like constantly berating. It's pathetic. Yeah. Well, he deserves it though. He's yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Spider Man is demasculated in his own book. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong with this picture. All right, let's go on to a zipline, the location, uh, the town of awesomeness, population me. Uh, hello, Brad and friends. Thanks for taking my question. I've been thinking about this quite a bit. In terms of the recent video games, uh, cinematic universe, and comics, what would the world be like for us, fans of Marvel, if Spider-Man was excised from the company's image because of Sony or some other studio holding the fr- film rights? To elaborate, what if X-Men and Fantastic Four were integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Spider-Man was left to obscurity because of pettiness on the part of Marvel CEO and executives not having the character's film rights? Uh what do you guys think of that? What if Spider-Man was in the same boat as the Fantastic Four? I, I don't think the Fantastic Four are going to not be in the boat for very much longer. We got, hmm. uh, what was it, 2014 that we got the, the Fan Four stick? Um, um, but the there it is, stick. but they Such did, if you, heard a comic, if you heard this year at Comic-Con, they did, there was uh, the guy that did, um, the guy that did the Legion series, who also did, um, um, who's also done the Fargo TV series for uh, FX. Mm-hmm. He basically was thinking about uh, the show. Uh, I think it was Noah. Um, I think maybe the chat can help me out with this. The guy's name is like Noah, um, um, whatever it is. Senegal. But he was, for, no, um, I think the guy was proposing, the guy who did the, did the showrunner for Legion, who was the showrunner for Legion on FX. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's basically make, making a Doom movie to keep your rights, right? Yeah, think about Doctor Doom movie, yeah. So in that respect, they're going to probably, you know, you know they're going to do one last, probably with Fox, they're going to do one last Roth. Well, but they're not, they're not going to give up X-Men. What? Yeah, but this is technically they've already screwed another, up. But yeah, probably but this another is another Doom. This probably another doom. This is another completely different Doom movie. That um, honestly, though, they could, they, you know what? They can do the Doom movie. Just don't touch the Fantastic Four. Yeah, do the, like a, yeah. uh, just don't touch the Fantastic Four, and then no, and then, because uh, Fox is going to screw up one of the what could be one of the greatest screen villains if done correctly. Fox is embarrassed to even call him Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Think about that for okay. a minute, Marvel. Like, if you had James Gunn, give give James Gunn Doctor Doom, we would get an epic story. But but yeah. Fo- but Fox is like no he's only called Doctor Doom in blogs online with all of the hacker people it's, oh it's it's ridiculous no I, I, I yeah don't, Lord I, Pre- I'm not 
I don't disagree with that, George. I'm just saying, look, if we can get Reed and Sue and and Ben Grimm in there, I mean, we we we, we got to wait seven years because that's that's the that's the time frame. God bless. Um, I mean, we're that's why I was like, we're at 2014, we're 2017 right now, so we still got four more years before this before the rights expire. I just don't. I, I think it's too toxic. Even Doctor Doom to me is too toxic. We're, we're, for, we're focusing on Fantastic Four, and the question yeah, was about, Spi- about Spider Man. What if Spider Man was not part of the cinematic universe? Okay, and in uh, the comics. Okay, so I think what you well, I would imagine is, I would think they would probably because if they if they did not own the right the um the film rights of Spider Man or whatever it is like this. Um, if we get a, if we see a similar situation happening with Spider, we I don't know if we'd see a similar situation happening with Spider Man as we do with X Men now. Like if you see the X Men comics, they've pretty much gotten rid of most of the ba- you know major you know principal characters, and they've replaced them with like um, like for instance, Wolverine is basically replaced by Old Man Logan, and also X twenty three, and then you got all these other you know one one thing I've things, you got, with uh, yeah the X Men and Fox and the comics yeah. They yeah. they they're not creating anything really new. No, because like, they're twenty three yeah. is like a ten year old character at this point, right? Because yeah. they can't because they because if you can't create somebody come a new character within the comics, then the box automatically has that license. So I would imagine the same thing would kind of happen in terms of Spider Man. So you he, almost he would have just to be, be stagnant and always a man child like he is now. Well, the, or you could have a situation where you have since we've had all these other different Spider Men and women that oh. popped up. Those were probably the ones that were going to be promoted more so than Peter. So, for a sec, yeah. I apologize. There was a new X Men character named Gold Balls that was introduced. Gold Balls. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. uh, the next one is T yeah, uh fifty six seventy nine location mm-hmm. nowhere. Didn't fill that out. To Jr. Since Jr. is not on the line, we will answer this for Jr. One of the extras for the Spider-Man Todd McFarlane omnibus is an interview with Todd from Marvel Age, where he says, after the Lizard and Torment arc, the next will feature the Green Goblin with Venom to follow, which never panned out due to restrictions McFarlane had with uh, stories and villains from editorial. Knowing how the Masks story turned out with Todd using the Jason McIndale demonic hobgoblin, do you think his original plan was to feature Harry as the goblin, murdering people for the re- for religious means, uh, before editorial smartly stepped in, what do you guys think about that? Would that have been a better story? No, no. no. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I don't, I, I kinda, haven't read it since the nineties, but I kind of like that. Mc, I have, I, I, I McFarlane art is, uh, is, I love McFarlane art, so it just, uh, it helps I, me. I, I like, I like when he does, I like when he does his little art deals on on Facebook. Those are always fun, mm-hmm. but again. He can draw superheroes all day. He can't draw people. His, his writing has always been lacking, in my opinion. Well, the other thing is, too, I mean, if you look at that, if you look at his McFarlane Spider-Man run, I mean, it's almost like that was, I, I'm, it's almost a precursor for him going into, was going into Spawn, because that whole Hobgoblin thing, it almost sounds a little bit too, like, it sounds like almost too, something like, that was like a it's story the, idea. It was, for Spawn. it was a backdoor pilot for Spawn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the whole. It kind of felt like that that whole thing, and so, and then it just, it just. Um, I think in terms of like in terms of that whole like McFarlane's Spider Man thing, I, I'm, I'm not so much a big. 
I mean, even though I kind of like horror stories, I don't like, I don't think horror kind of elements really fit in a, in a Spider-Man comic necessarily. It just kind of feels, yeah. it feels kind of off. I mean, it just totally and stuff. Kind of like Spider-Man in space doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shytown Spider-Man or Shytown Spidey. Uh, hello all. I'm a noob on the message boards, but love you guys and gal on the podcast. And I think you speak high volumes of passion when it comes to Spider-Man, all things related to him. So thank you, Shytown. Uh, question, uh, is for everyone. If Marvel Cinematic Universe was pulling a prank, as they said they were, was Zendaya's character, Michelle being referenced as MJ, but not Mary Jane Watson. And they were actually going to cast the character. What would you think of Francesca Eastwood? playing the part. She looks like Mary Jane to me. She does have the acting talents and red hair. She's a pretty looking girl. She's yeah, also I mean, seven years older than Tom Holland. How old is she? Yeah. <laughs> She's like 24, 25, I think. Ooh, that wouldn't work. She does look a little too old for Tom Holland, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe not, look- maybe not on that right picture, but... Uh, well, the right picture is a... Uh, is several uh, years old, probably. Comic panel. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm talking about his signature picture down here. He's got, oh, oh, the one, the one, the yeah, the one with the Bagley no. MJ. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She looks yeah. a lot younger. Yeah, yeah. That's probably than it is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the good-looking gal. I don't know of her acting chops. I don't know if she can convey the Mary Jane, but she just definitely has the look. If Tom Holland was a little older. Uh, Will Nort- Nolte, Scottsdale, Arizona. Do you put any stock? into the recent leak that stated that Disney is upset with Marvel and that they are now forcing slot off of amazing, putting him on the newly created friendly neighborhood Spider-Man to keep him happy and replacing him on amazing with Nick Spencer. I think Ashley should answer that. Okay, Ashley go. (laughs) We stand here for her in a minute. So that's fine. What do you think, Ashley? Do you think the Spencer uh, is coming to amazing? I don't think Ashley can hear us. Ashley. 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 She can't hear us. Okay, so I'll answer the question for her. Since, since she, okay. Uh, here's the thing. That leak, I think, has been proven to be discredited. Um, yeah. I don't – again, this goes back to something I said earlier. I don't think Disney's upset with Marvel. Uh, the, the only thing that I kind of put some stock in is – there was some discussion on Twitter by uh, and I uh, that uh, that slot would be non-exclusive. I think as of next year, and that I think he does he does have that a Superman story. I think he was he's always wanted to tell. So let's mm-hmm. you know. I think if they want to prevent him from going DC and keep and renew his exclusive contract, they will probably do something to try to like placate him with Spider Man. Who knows? But uh, I just I don't believe some parts of that leak, especially when when people come forward and saying, "Oh, hey, apparently I'm writing Daredevil as a 600." That's news to me. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. kind of throws your entire leak into a question. So, well, see, even if it was, even if the whole thing was true about Nick Spencer coming on. It depends on what Nick Spencer we get. We're not going to get superior foes, Nick Spencer. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, because right now, we're, we're I think, and also, and also, I think right now, I think with Spencer in terms of, yeah, I mean, despite what some of what Marvel's been saying about Secret Empire, basically, it's like, oh, this story will be remembered in twenty years and stuff. I think right now that Spencer is his presence has become so toxic to quite a few people in terms of like in terms of his, in terms of the just. It's what, all about how they it. It's all about how they market the book. Yeah, but, yeah, but Mar- Marvel wouldn't care how toxic they are. They, look at the way Dan Slott uh, talks to fans online. 
That's true. That's true. But Mark I mean, but again, but again, but yeah, but again, this thing got. I think this got some. I mean, this did get attention. On it did get. Other, it did get attention. It did get attention, and sometimes not very and not very good attention necessarily. But I mean, so did Dan Slots. Yeah, true. But if you specifically look at, called out by name at the Atlantic. That's true, but I mean, no. if you look at, but if you look at those, but if you look at Marvel Legacies, the stuff that's supposed to be coming out of Marvel Legacy, Nick Spencer is only on like one book, and it's a one shot. Um, he's not going to be like a and it's that it, that Again, not brand X. And I also thing. I also think that they're 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 he's kind of hiding for cover because again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, and Nick Spencer returns, and he's going yeah. to return on the Amazing Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they could do that. I mean, but it's just right now. I think it's just because at this at this point, to- I'm just ready for new blood. New blood. I want somebody mm-hmm. new. And if yeah. he can nail the humor and not and not have Spider-Man look like a chump, that'll be mm-hmm. a win. The uh, the the thing was was that when this when we first talked about this, well, like two or three months ago, mm-hmm. uh, we pointed out, I was like, don't get your hopes up about this. Uh, because yeah. it's, you know, because slots probably not going anywhere, you know, don't, don't put your, don't pin your hopes on this. Like, like, you know, and don't do it on spectacular. What, what do you think of slot getting a satellite book? I, I don't yeah. care. I, I just, I, yeah. I just want the guy off. Well, amazing. I, 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 I don't I, care what he does after. I don't think he <laughs> wants to write Spider-Man. You don't think he wants to write Spider-Man? Why? I, I think Dan's he wants lot? to. Yeah. Because I mean, look at how much effort he puts into. Look at how he writes him. It's just, it's just miserable. Mm. This isn't. This is just. He writes him as just this miserable, incompetent person. And I'm, I don't know if that's like how he honestly sees the character, or if he would just rather be doing something else, like writing Doc Ock. But I so just don't think writing a character of integrity and you know accountability is really his strong suit. Yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. it's something he really sees through Peter's eyes. Right. Okay. But also, uh, the, the first part of that was like, that was that Disney was mad at Marvel for slot and wanted slot off the book. Did, Disney doesn't even know. I mean, yeah. I, Bob Iger hasn't even heard the name Dan Slot probably. I, I, I doubt that very highly. <laughs> they, the they guy that barely know. knows who's on ESPN or not. Marvel could publish a cover, <laughs> could do a series of variant covers where it's literally just superheroes flipping the middle finger at the reader. Mm-hmm. And Disney probably wouldn't note it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Big Al uh, location. My cat's name is Felicia. <laughs> there you go, Ashley. Yeah. Um, he's from England. That's where you live. To yeah, this is where he lives, and his cat. Well, that well, that sounds odd. This is living in Ashley's cat because that thing is a horse. <laughs> oh no! Kidding. He thought they smelled bad on the outside. A okay. family of five could live inside Ashley's cat. <laughs> <laughs> To the JR and Brad. I don't get a the, I get and Brad. Imagine for a moment, <laughs> Peter hadn't died in the MC2 content continuity. How would he and Mary Jane have handled Mayday eventually moving from their home in Forest Hills and getting her own place? For the sake of argument, let's say she wouldn't be living in Manhattan like Peter did when he moved out. So we're talking Mayday Parker, right? Where the right. hell is she going to go? Mm-hmm. Well, I, she moved out of her house. I can see her getting her own bachelor pad, maybe with uh, uh, a roommate. Who would make a good roommate for Mayday, Zach? Yeah, but uh, the, the thing is, she's moving out of Manhattan. I don't see that. I don't see that either. Um, didn't Felicia have a daughter in that series? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe roommates with Felicia's daughter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Felicity. Well, Felicity. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Felicity is is one of those characters though that that. She's a little bit younger than Mayday, so it probably 
that, that creates some some tension. So there could be some storytelling done with that. I think Peter would have, um, at first he would have a hard time with it, and then Mary Jane would probably be even would be the one that really had a hard time with it. To make sense, at first yeah. I think Peter would be like, oh, I don't want to want to do it. And then he realizes, you know, I, I I came into my own as a man when I moved out of Aunt May's house. Yeah. So. Hornacek, I'm glad you in the YouTube chat. I'm glad you liked my Empire Strikes Back reference. There you go. Uh, what what was uh, what was that uh, thing that uh, Han Solo was writing? What were those things called? Tauntauns. Tauntauns. There you go. There you yeah. go. Okay, uh, we've got Javi. What's up, Javi? Uh, in Austin, Texas. What were your thoughts on the most recent volume of Spider-Man 2099 and a very likely uh, un- a very unlikely continuation in Defenders 2100? And I think I'm one of the only people that read it. Uh, George, did you stop reading it? I think you did. Yeah, I did. Uh, the the the. The story for me went kind of wonky, you know, and it yeah. it, it wasn't you, even. You, you dropped off after Secret Wars took over. I I, I dropped off like like I I wasn't I didn't stick around after too too long after the new volume. I wasn't really a fan of the new costume. Like, oh, here's my new armor. Here's my new Parker Industry stuff. And there was there was too much Parker Industry crap in it, yeah. which which had to be there. I understand that's not on David. That's on editorial. Mm-hmm. So it just wasn't something that I wanted to read. I was like, I don't. Yeah. You know, I, I I thought it I thought it ended pretty good. I mean, I, it ended as good as it could. Well, I thought I mean it's um because I read the last issue of the thing just out I of curiosity. Too. Yeah, and it's just like okay, on the one hand, okay, you get him back to the future, but at the same time, you kind of like if you really kind of think about the uh, the circumstances of how he got back, it's kind of like oh that kind of sucks for Tempest. Essentially, but you yeah. know, with this character that he's kind of, you know, David's been kind of building up for like, you know, all this all this time, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh well, okay, I guess we're we're doing a legacy, we're going, you know, back to normal kind of thing. But it was just yeah. like, it's just kind of feel like, but yeah, it's a, it's kind of I don't know, but I, mean, I don't really have the I, I only want to Defenders twenty one hundred. Do you, Mike? Twenty one hundred. Yeah. yeah, I don't really want that. It's. Oh. It's kind of, yeah, they got to do something or whatever it is, I guess, with it. But it's no. just, uh, Ashley, uh, uh, a compliment to you from Masked Guy on YouTube chat says you made a very insightful point about how Slot treats the character of Peter Parker. Very good. Mm. Uh, let's see. The other comment or the other post was from Mr. Metz. For each of you, what's an insight about Spider Man that you have that most people don't? George. Uh, well, I, uh, I know I can compare that to people at Marvel. (laughs) Um, I understand that the character is about responsibility and not youth. And that's nothing apparently Marvel understands. (laughs) That's true. Um, (laughs) past that, I mean, it, 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 it is. And, and, and I'll get called elitist for this, but I don't give a shit. I mean, but. I do like when I like when I was sitting through Homecoming, and uh, and I was watching Homecoming, and and you know people were enjoying Homecoming and cheering, and you know, and sometimes when even people like Brad think, uh, oh, I loved it when Spidey said, "Holy shit!" I think in my head there's a part of me that pops in and says, "You know nothing of Spider-Man." Mm. To me, yeah, <laughs> even to you, because if you oh. like Spider-Man, you should know Spider-Man would would you wow. raise the curse? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, 
What? I'm not touching this. I'm no, I'm just, no, no, no. I'm just I, I'm being I'm being open right now. I'm being like like no. I'm on Oprah. I'm, I am laid bare. <laughs> I mean, there's a part of me that 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 sometimes uh, thinks that you know what I, I look at certain ways, and I'm like, well, that's not a hell at all how the character would would react. That's not something that the character would do. And when people love it, I'm like, it makes me question them. I'm like, uh, you know. Eh, hmm. No. So basically, There's, they don't fit into your Spider-Man worldview that they're wrong. Yes. Right. Now, yeah. there's there's two things I think I can think of. Um, <laughs> or sex look under your seat, George. There's a key to a free car. <laughs> <laughs> you get a car. You there's, get a car. You're on Oprah, um, sir. First of all, I think it's a, I think this is a good question, Metz asks. Um, but the second thing is, I mean, there's two things I can think of in terms of Spider-Man. I'm not sure some maybe others have all kind of voiced insights. But the first is that this idea going kind of on this idea of him being like the kid, like, oh, he has to be a kid. That doesn't necessarily mean he should be in the same things that kids are into. Like he's the idea is it's supposed to be that he's put in a situation where he's kind of forced to grow up. Mm-hmm. essentially if you really think about his origin story i mean it's it's literally like he is just kind of thrust in he's kind of almost like because when his father when uncle ben dies he has to become the man of the house and has to kind of become yeah the kind of, yeah lord, yeah lord, this, lord president had a good line he said i think a 15 year old would cuss if they saw mm-hmm. a dude grow to be 100 yeah. feet i think a 2017 Kid mm-hmm. would cuss. I don't think well, a nineteen. Spider Man is not just a. I don't think a nineteen sixties kid would right. cuss. Spider Man yeah. is not just is not just a typical teenager. Mm-hmm. No, he shouldn't. No, be. He never I, has been. Yeah, he should be. So to so to apply these to to apply these to attribute these things to Spider Man is erroneous. Oh yeah, but, uh, but, but he's the other the everyman hero. Yeah, and, but that goes. And, that, and that, George, you cuss, and you're the everyman, right? I cuss. That's not that's not saying I want to see Spider Man cuss. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't want to think... see Doctor Strange call uh, uh, call a guy an asshole in his movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like the hearing Darth is... Vader call somebody a jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is too. Um, I think and sometimes I think sometimes we kind of forget if you about Spider Man. I mean, he's supposed to kind of subvert the kind of superhero stuff because I mean, when he started out, I mean the guy that everyone thought of as superhero was like Superman. And, you know, and so, cause Spider-Man, he kind of is supposed to be kind of a subversion of what the Superman whole idea was of that thing. So I think the idea, if I think in some ways you have to look, if you're Spider-Man nowadays, it's almost like what we could see of as conventional superhero tropes. Now it should kind of like, he should be the guy to subvert those. Not so much, not going into stuff like Deadpool or anything too much. I'm like, but kind of on that same level a little bit. Though. If Peter was like every other teenager, he wouldn't be an outsider, which is which is part of the yeah, appeal yeah. of the character to begin with. No, mm-hmm. I, I, and one of the things I want to dovetail off <laughs> on, on uh, Mike's point is that for some reason they, there's this obsession with Peter Parker in high school, which was only yeah. in thirty some odd issues of Spider Man. Mm-hmm. is something that I think is fundamentally flawed. To me, what makes far more sense in Spider-Man is his college era, because his college era was the longest era of, of them all. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the fact is, is like they try to make the college era into high school when that 
that really wasn't the case, and I don't understand. Well, it's because it's because they want him. They want Spider Man to be fifteen so that they can yeah. appeal to like that age group. And I'm like, dude, fifteen year olds are already into adult characters. Right. They love the mm-hmm. Hulk. They love yeah. Iron Man. God help us all. They love Captain America. Uh, you know, and they and think and think about how more meaningful Spider Man would be if he. Okay, for instance, if you want, like, for instance, in these cartoons and other things, like if he's a fifteen year old, right? But he's put in the situation. But he's put in the situations where he cannot act as like his peers. That he has to be kind of put into more adult scenarios and stuff. Because because it, it's not Spider Boy. It's Spider Man. Right. Is, is that yeah? That's be that. It's a simple. It's kind of a It's symbolic a little bit in the sense that he actually that's because that's the whole idea that he's supposed to be somebody who is actually taking on the persona of of adulthood essentially if you're talking if you you want to leave him in that in that right. teenage mold uh, and, i mean and, and mcnulty and brad yeah the three of us are old enough to have watched the Ma- amazing spider friends when it was on tv uh-huh mm-hmm. we loved spider-man we were wild about spider-man did we need spider-man to be 12 or 10 years old like no. we were a college student <laughs> yeah he was he was yeah. college student he was an amazing friends you know what i mean he was, co- he was a college student in the 90s george Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the ninety show, he was he was a college student. Yeah. yeah. And and Brad, I'm not saying from what I said earlier, I'm not saying I I, I don't think you know anything about Spider Man. That's not what I was trying to say. I know. Okay. That's fine. I mean, like I said, everybody has their own opinion. I I I, mm-hmm. I think uh, 2017 kid, it would cuss, and and we disagree. We respectfully disagree. Which you think would, that the would, child raised by Ben Parker and May Parker, who doesn't fit in with other kids to begin with, would cuss? I. I, I the 60s think, version of May Parker and Ben Parker. The, I, yes. I, would, I would say no. He does the not. Marissa Tomei the, yeah. the, 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 yeah. Marissa Tomei. Well, yeah, the Marissa Tomei that, that that swears already and throws out the f word. Yeah, yeah. That yes. he's picking that up from home. <laughs> well, that, that goes back to the idea that maybe Joe Pesci was uh, was Uncle Ben. In that <laughs> that, that's not Spider Man. Uh, uh, on a bit of a different note, what yeah. I would consider my insight is um something I've kind of seen as interpreted as one of the defining qualities of Spider-Man is his, uh, his guilt. That's mm-hmm. just kind of one of the, the driving forces behind his, his actions and his decisions and, um, you know, many, many, uh, stories. But the way I see it, I feel like it's just so exaggerated, especially when he's an, he's an adult that he just constantly, it's just constant inner monologue, blaming himself, self-deprecating. And mm-hmm. you know, it works as a, um, you know, for a teenage character, because you have that teenage angst and that kind of um, still that limited worldview where you can't quite see the broader scope yet and how, you know, it's not always about you. Um as in just seeing that same behavior in an adult Spider-Man just makes him seem like emotionally crippled almost just like he can't move past this Mm, and you know that's all well and good to have a character like that but we've never really had any stories that address that and so it just seems like a a huge uh, oversight in the character and it's just one of the things that's preventing him from being written as an adult well and it's beyond that it's like some of the things like, like the death of Gwen he he came to a peace with it in the original clone saga that's what ultimately made him believe that he was the original spider-man because he had a love for mary jane that was deeper than what was previously you know before the before the cloning so um the character has grown and one of the things to me that i've i've noticed especially when you go back and read it from a linear point up until really 
uh, Amazing 441, well, the end of volume, the original ending of Volume One, mm-hmm. um, there was a constant growth with Peter Parker. If mm-hmm. there is, if there is two, like if you could describe Peter Parker in three words, it'd be responsibility. It would be uh, guilt, mm-hmm. and I think it would be growth mm-hmm. because he grew as a person throughout yep. most of that run. We don't have any oh. growth, and that's one yeah. of the things. Is, is is emotionally, and this is going back to what Ashley's saying. The growth of the character has been stunted, and it started really in two thousand seven. When they, or really, really in ninety nine, it started in ninety nine. Yeah, it started to see. We started to see some growth with uh, with the JMS run, and then it's like after the JMS run, it's like nope, no more growth. We have to emotionally. Well, a lot of that, stunt. I think. And a lot of things I thought that's why you see that. I think part of the stunning of the growth thing is that's because that's when the I that, I don't think it's any coincidence. That's around the same time Marvel decided to try to market Spider-Man more. Essentially, it's like they figured, okay, here there's a certain template of Spider-Man that we've got to fit to mold to, and so that's what and that's what the one you're seeing in most of these other media outlets. And they have to honestly. Try to it was it. The, yeah. the, the 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 key the key breaking point, and George will probably agree with me on this. It was it was the establishment of the Ultimate Universe with the Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, well, yeah, it was part yeah. of it. Yeah. All right, Symbiobro, Canada's Sim- West- Symbiobro, Symbiobro. Every usually, time, every time. He's usually he's usually on the uh, on the YouTube. About it. He's, 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 is he tonight? Uh, Canada's tonight. West Coast. A question for all of you with Marvel's legacy kicking off soon. I can't help but feel like they're just going to ape the success of DC's rebirth without actually understanding what makes that work. DC used Uh rebirth as an apology to fix a lot of mistakes they made with the new 52 and based on the sales, it seems to be working very well. And fans have reacted very positively to it. Hell, I even started buying some of my first DC books, even with Red Hood and the Outlaws. Why is Marvel so unwilling to admit that they made mistakes? Is it their ego, their pride? It's so frustrating to see most of the comics I love being dragged down the drain. Almost all of their books are selling pretty bad, but and when you uh, get books in the top 10, it's usually just Star Wars books. What do you guys think about Marvel's stubbornness? DC had to pivot because every other part of DC outside of, t- uh, outside of television was getting such bad PR that they needed to do something mm-hmm. different. Yeah. The movies were getting destroyed by the critics and fans in the box office, unlike Marvel. Marvel's the mm-hmm. box office darling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the television side of things... People generally like the television shows. Marvel, not so much. It's the fact that they needed something to to reinvigorate themselves on the publishing side because it was partially self-preservation. And also, having everybody at DC Entertainment under one roof in the West Coast, I think, made a difference. Mm. Yeah. Because there's a, clear, there's a clear line from the building blocks of Rebirth to that move. Right. And don't be surprised if we don't see in the next three years or so, Marvel make a similar move and get everybody over to L.A. Mm. That'd be sad to have Marvel leave New York. It would be very sad. Yeah. But I but I think that they don't treat New York as a character anymore. It's no longer the world outside. It's it's the world according to them. Garp. Yeah. Mm. Which is funny because they still apply how a New Yorker, a New Yorker mentality, how they see things to everything outside of New York. They apply they apply left coast mm-hmm. uh, east coast biases to uh, to everything outside of New York. Mm. Yes. Okay, uh, Wolf Cipher from uh, location causes stains. Ooh. <laughs> stay away. Oh. He, he does say stay away though. So. 
Uh, to everyone on the panel, each, of you, each of you guys and gal, uh, think of one writer, artist, or editor from Marvel who you would love to do an interview with. No restrictions. What would be your one question you would love to ask that person if you had the chance? We'll go around the horn. Uh, Ashley, is there someone you loved would love to interview? Not necessarily from Marvel, but uh, if it's Spider-Man related, I would say Trisha Helfer, who is the voice of Black Cat and Spectacular Spider-Man. That'd be fun. And I would ask her whatever question <laughs> just to keep her talking. <laughs> she stood me up. Yeah, okay. she did. She stood me up for an interview. I'm still, yeah. I'm still upset. George, your answer. Um, I don't know. I've already interviewed Stan Lee. I've already listened to you interview Sal. Mm-hmm. Uh, John maybe, Romita. Yeah, maybe Romita Senior. Mm-hmm. I need. Yeah, to you. I'm I'm still bitter with you about that, Brad. But anyway, what you're mad about me? What about the the Ramita thing? What not being able to get him yet? Yeah, well, because because you you had ten minutes with him, and you're like, nope, I want an hour. <laughs> no, I didn't. He didn't. He didn't agree to do an interview at the point. Right. But, uh, I'll, I'll take ten minutes of Mr. Ramita's time. That'd be great. <laughs> but I would say this. My answer is this: uh, Dan Jurgens. I'd like to ask him about what his expectations were when he came on to sensational. It was such a short run and he was such a big name, especially at that time mm-hmm. that um, I'd love to get his, his side of that story because I feel like that we got some of it with the life of Riley, but I'd like to know more about what his decision decisions were going into all that and why he left and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Mike, who would be your dream interview? Oh, I'm going to be a little bit ambitious. Um, Steve Ditko. Oh, you Steve. <laughs> you Steve. <laughs> well, we all knew. We uh, uh, because, because I mean, I'm sure I'll you get agree a new with one. I'll me, get a new Brad. I'm sure you agree with me, Brad, that there is so much probably intentional mystery on his part in terms of like, you know, about why he loved me, for instance, like why, you know, like his thought process in terms of like what was, what did, what did he, what a, was the conflict a, between a, him and Stan? A I know A is A, a but, but there's, but the idea is like, okay, was there something, what was his, what was his envision for like, what did he envision for Spider-Man? Why did he leave? Like, was it, he wanted to try new things? What was it? Was it just something that, um, was it just something he felt like, oh, that he wanted to just grow out of and everything? What was his, because we only get Stan Lee's side of the things about in terms of what, what yeah. sort of thing, but it would be really interesting to say if somehow we could get that coast version of right. sayings of like, what uh, here, here, here's, Oh, go ahead. My opinion on that is that I really don't think Ditko gives a shit. Yeah. I think, he, I really don't think that he cares. I think it's like, mm-hmm. I think that in his mind that mm-hmm. he's like, why are we still talking about characters? I, I worked on for 45 years ago. I don't think he right. really, and he really cares about whatever too, impact he made. Too old for comics to just John Byrne. I'd start off talking about Spidey and then get him to start talking shit about everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell me more about your. Uh, tell me more about Aaron Rand. John, John Byrne would be an interesting. What What were you thinking with Chapter One? Why are you trying to redo Ooh. the classics? That'd be fun. Um, yeah, uh, well, he does. He does go on um, on his Byrne Robotics board, and he. I mean, I remember one time reading something like yeah. he complained one time. Like, like, well, b- complain about Brian Michael Bendis. He's basically like Ben Burn was basically essentially said, Well, I did the same thing 
that Bendis did, and I got derided. And Bendis does what I did. Bendis did, you know, kind of his version of Chapter One. He gets all the praise on Ultimate Spider-Man. So, so he was here, kinda... here's a couple of my answers. Um, one, if I can't get Ditko because Mike stole the exclusive, yeah, <laughs> on your website, uh, <laughs> you stole it from me. Uh, yeah. John Romita also is up there. Uh, Todd McFarlane's up there. I've tried back and forth. I haven't tried that this year. Uh, his PR people said earlier in January of this year would, would be doable. I haven't gotten back to him. Uh, Todd McFarlane, JMS would be a great interview. I, especially now. Yeah. Especially ten, 10 years later, JMS not- would be a great interview. So yeah. here's one that no one I don't think would say. Jack Kirby. Oh, well, you yeah. know, the man's dead. But he's dead. <laughs> this is not, we're doing hypotheticals. You want to do a seance? <laughs> <laughs> Ouija board. I want to ask him about that amazing Fantasy 15 cover he drew. Mm. One, of the oh, most iconic, the, um, one of the most iconic images of Spider Man. And Jack Kirby drew it with Steve Ditko pens, or inking it. Right. That would be mm. an interesting thought. And in and, and the lawsuit that he had. With Marvel, he's claimed that he created Spider-Man. So mm-hmm. that'd be interesting yeah. to see what his thoughts are about creating Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, that was my answer to that. Oh, the other one, another yeah. another guy um, interview that yeah. would be nice. To do, uh, Jim Shooter. Yeah. I've already done, I've already done it. I've already done it. <clears throat> oh, you've already done you that? Have, okay. Like, yeah, I've already done that. to all of us, though. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Right. I would love to talk to Shooter for like a couple hours. I, he's mm-hmm. he's a very very nice guy. I, I'm the look on Ashley's face says Ashley wants to talk to Shooter, Shooter for hours. <laughs> no, no. Okay, very last question from Frontier to the gang: How would you compare and contrast the recent major push of Otto as a villain in Dan Slott's Spider-Man to the push Norman got during the '90s? Does one work better than the other? Oh, I want this one. Mm. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, or I'll go first on this one. Here's the thing: the Norman push of the '90s was born out of out of panic, but gave birth to a fabulous series of stories that ended spectacularly bad. The Citizen Osborne storyline that started with ASM uh, or ASM uh, Spectacular 248 and ran through 250. And then, of course, was the status quo. I enjoyed the crap out of it because Norman was just a magnificent bastard. Everything Norman did at that point was to just screw up Peter's life. He promotes Flash Thompson, the former bully of, of, of Peter Parker. He, he buys a 51% stake of the Bugle and bails it out and makes, makes it to where the, the Bugle is even, is even worse because you got, Nor- you got Norman and Jonah. You've got um, you've got uh, uh, Norman using manipulating Spider-Man into beating the livid crap out of him on camera, and then he um, broadcasts it all over the all over the country, and then it results in the Spider-Hunt storyline. Um, that particular, and, and then you saw the stuff that Warren Ellis did with the Thunderbolts. The problem with Norman is the, the the problem with Norman is is that Norman petered out. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> it, wasn't even, it wasn't even intentional. But it's also one. It's almost two o'clock in the morning. So, uh, yeah. 
but with auto, it's it's the same the, thing. I think it started off good as a concept, but then it's ultimately just petered out. The thing is about Norman's push in the 90s, even through the Clone Saga and stuff like that, I was still rooting for Spider-Man. He moved to Portland. I was rooting for him to come back. I'm like, right. take the take the crown back from Ben. Right. Uh, well, the other thing you got, you, the thing you got to remember though, with, with Ox storyline, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I'm rooting but for the, him to get Parker's uh, arrogant dumbass. Right, but the thing, the thing we got to remember sometimes about uh, Doc Ock, and I think even before I became on the podcast, and and other people have probably mentioned it, Doc Ock for a long time was kind of almost like became like a bait just just kind of a glorified punching bag for um yeah. especially after yeah yep. for for many even even in sort of like even like during in some the of the more better during the 90s yeah especially even they, they brought back all the sinister six and six and everything like this you know it gets killed off and everything like that too but um so i think the idea that i kind of appreciate the fact that slot did kind of kind of elevate his profile right. a lot more and yeah. kind of like did things with with him that probably that you wouldn't otherwise think about, like kind of help to kind of, you know, flesh out his character a little bit. But right now it's kind of fallen into the trap a little bit too much. Like, because everybody kind of, because a lot of people kind of glommed on what happened with superior Spider-Man and how they were like, Oh, you know, thought this was all great. Now they've kind of gone overboard with, they've sort of tried to go with the, trying to make him kind of do a superior Spider-Man redux with him now. And it's kind of feeling like, you know, you kind of wanted to be kind of wish he was Doc Ock again, rather than what he is currently necessarily. I mean, it's just, I think it's just a little bit, you know, it's like Zach said, it's gotten too much. It, the, it's petered out. Yeah. <laughs> petered yeah. out. I mean, that that's the best way to describe it because at the end of the day, Otto, Otto knowing that Peter Parker, Spider-Man is something that you can, that you can explore and you can mine stories mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Norman. But the fact is, is that they keep going to the same well over and over again, and there is no growth. It's like you did all this growth with Otto, and then it's like you just stunt the growth after a certain point, and it becomes stagnant and, and it becomes repetitive. You've got well, to push. It, yeah, you've got to but either, either push him towards villainy, a complete villainy, or mm-hmm. or have it, take him off the board for a little bit, let it breathe, and then bring it back in, in a big dynamic way. Well, in a way, when the weird way too is like with Norman Osborn right now, since he he's kind of it's he's still inter- interesting that he no longer knows Peter as Spider Man, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of definitely diminished his stature in terms yes. of like even but severely. And then now Doc Ock is kind of almost like I, I think the almost like the object is it feels like they were like maybe Slot was trying to switch places with them, mm-hmm. and but in doing so, I don't think it's it's kind of like but. And by trying to maintain the same relationships, it's kind of where it's kind of a weird thing. The difference between Norman of the '90s and Norman of today but, is mm-hmm. the Norman of the '90s when he came back, it was intensely personal because of the death of Harry. Yeah, taking away the death of Harry and taking away the knowledge of Spider-Man, you've essentially neutered Norman to the point where mm-hmm. it's not even Norman Osborn anymore. Your your alliteration yeah. is nice. Neutered Norman. Yeah, new many coming from uh, Marvel. Yeah. JR will not pick that up. <laughs> All right. Any any other thoughts on that uh, question before we wrap up? All right. F- go around the horn for final thoughts. Zach. It is way too late for me to even think about final thoughts. Good night, everybody. Hold on. Don't run hmm. yet. Uh, Mike, final thoughts. Um. Well, 
uh, thanks for having me on again. Also, thanks yeah, for all the uh, all the uh, people following us on uh, YouTube. And uh, okay. you know, I'm going to read some YouTube final thoughts in just a second. Yeah, uh, uh, Ashley, final thoughts. Um, uh, on an unrelated note, but um, just anyone you know in Florida right now and dealing with uh, Irma, just be safe. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, and we uh, you know, wish you the mm-hmm. best, just in you know the safety of you know yourself and any loved ones in the area. So you know, no, and I'll in be- Texas too. Yeah, we've uh, yeah. we. I don't. I think we mentioned it at the bottom of, or that's not that at the top of the show. But uh, Texas is still Texas and Florida are both going to be uh, be damaged for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, George and I were both fortunate enough. George said this in the chat, but we didn't say it out loud. George and I were both fortunate enough not to to be affected. George lives in Dallas. I live in the Panhandle of Texas, which is the big square boxy end on the top of on the top of Texas. Uh, my daughter, however, did live in Houston, but she was one of the lucky ones that didn't get any flooding. So, oh, um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, other than that, you know, just uh, just look for charitable organizations that uh, will will be able to give one hundred percent of the donations, and uh, just do your research before you give. That's all. I, that's all I say. Mm. George, final thoughts. Oh, not much. I agree with Zach uh, and what he said about uh, about Florida. I just saw earlier where the track had shifted. And they're thinking now it's going to go west towards Tampa and maybe miss Miami and some of the other places. Right. Um, but it's like if it shifted once, it could shift again. We don't know where it's going. If you're in Florida, just, you know, um, uh, best of luck to you. You know, yeah. our buddy, our buddy Josh mm-hmm. had to stay because of because of uh, work issues. So, uh, Josh, if you're when you're listening to this in the playback, hopefully uh, we're thinking of you and uh, hopefully you guys stay safe. All right, mm-hmm. we're going to read some YouTube final thoughts. Let's see. Joey, good night all. Thank you. Uh, Lord President, hey, Joiner, go Giants. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Joey also says, amazing show. I'll just say hope for the best, but expect the worst. Uh, too old for comics. I think you're the only person who has said yes to that, Zach. Oh, he, uh, too old saying? for comics was uh, asking me if I read 101 Ways to End the Clone Saga. Oh, I yes. read it. I read I, it. I have, oh. I have the actual the yeah. actual issue itself, and I have it in the uh, clones locker trades. Uh, Werewolf, I always like the message board segments. My final thought, I'm currently reading Venom, and it's an okay book since issue 150. And what's sad is I really want Eddie's book to stay in his own corner. At Venom, yeah, Venom is Venom, a good book. Venom was – yeah, I was – it's, it's kind of – it's kind of a. It was kind of a. It, to me, I kind of read the last one. It's kind of like a. I kind of equated it to like a uh, a Red Brown film directed by um, oh uh, Roger Corman with better production values. But <laughs> but you know but you know but in a good way. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's kind of a. It's kind of one of those things like it's a B movie. It's like a B movie plot was the whole thing, which was, it was entertaining. I liked it. I liked uh, it yeah. too. Masked guy, great show, yeah. guys. Thanks for answering my questions. I know it was long, but I appreciate you giving it your best shot. Thank you, masked guy. Uh, no lo- Ditko news this month. Right, Horn- well, my answer. Uh, Mike stole my Ditko news. Yeah, uh, I was doing the live Ditko. Somebody actually pointed out that like we should do it, try to do a live Ditko news or something. Like that. <laughs> we should help us with Ditko news. Hornacek, this was a great show. Long live the video podcast. I I think they will live for a while. It's I, I enjoy doing it this way. Yeah. Uh, too old for comics. Uh, you should spread out the live videos over the week. I'm freaking exhausted. You, you're exhausted. <laughs> We've been bringing the funny for four hours. Uh, yeah, we have, we have day jobs. We, we can't do this during the week. I can't, oh, man. Stay, I can't stay up till 2 a.m. on a Monday night. I mean, hell no. We've, we've been bringing the funny and lethal amounts of truth. 
Yeah. But I, but I think apparently it's been un- uh, uncomfortable for some people. Wow. All right. <laughs> that is a wrap, gang. Thank you all. 